Thank you for listening to our midweek service from Christian Ministry Church. We're praying that this message blesses, encourages, and equips you to build the kingdom of God. And now a message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Amen. 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 Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Before I start, there is a Team Challenge Center under the direction of Greg Horn in South Louisiana that faithfully watch our service. And men, I just, I want you to know as you're watching us on live stream, uh, we're proud of you. We're proud of you for making a right decision. You know, life with God is just too good to blow away. It's just too good. And you men that are watching us right now, joining our service in Teen Challenge Center in New Orleans, Louisiana, I wanna encourage you to fight the devil. Don't let him win in your life. Our prayer here for you is that you live a blessed life, that you live in the potential that God created you to live and you fulfill the purpose that God put you on this earth to do. You don't let the devil win in your life. We're proud of you guys. Y'all hang in there and win over the devil. Don't let him win over you. As we're wrapping up our theme this year, Uh, Last week, I talked about the life of faith. I want to pick up right where we left off. Uh, This this fancy title I came up with is Life of Faith Part 2. I I won't be long. I want to make just a few more comments of kind of recapping and and talking about some of the key points that that we've talked about in in this past year. Uh, we talked over and over, Hebrews eleven six. It is impossible to please God without faith. Four times the Bible says, Habakkuk, Romans, Galatians, Hebrews, the just shall live by faith. It's a lifestyle. It's not a topic for a sermon. The just shall live by faith. And that's what we've been talking about all this year is living our life by faith. Philippians 3, 9, for God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. Faith is not a religious word. It's not a sermon topic. Keep saying that over and over. Faith is the way we live. It's the way we navigate daily through life, a life daily lived, handling life by faith. The hearing of the word is how we build faith. We've gone over and over in this. I, and I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged seeing how so many members of this church have been hearing the word, hearing the word, and you can know they're growing in faith. That, that, and, and at the end of the year, I can wave my hand and say, I'm stronger than I was a year ago. I, I, I'm stronger than I was a year ago. That's the result of what we've been doing this entire year as we teach the word, as we hear the word, as we meditate the word, our life grows in the Lord. I'm asked, Tim, why don't we have, from time to time, why don't we have healing services in our church? Well, I'm not really sure if you have some idea of what that would be like. I don't know if that has to be in a tent Outside, I don't know what your idea of a healing service might be, but Psalms 107 verse 20 says, he sent his word and it healed them. He sent his word 
and it healed them. And I, I want you to know that I pray for a healing service every time we have a church service. Every time we gather, I am praying for a healing service to take place. And as we teach the word, as the word goes out, healings take place all over this auditorium. Healings take place all over the thousands that are listening to us on our live stream, on our podcast. You came in with anger, years of anger, sitting right there as the word was going forth, you were healed of what that what was going on inside you. And healing took place. I can't tell you how many times I've been sitting in a service and healing just took place as the word was going forth. As the word is heard, faith is built, faith moves God, and healings take place. And so we're not planning a healing service. Every service we plan is a healing service. That's what we plan on having happen. We plan on you coming here and being healed. Week in and week out, being healed. As the word goes in, we're going to be healed. We're going to be healed. We're going to be healed. We're going to live healed. It begins to be a lifestyle for us. Someone comes in with back pain. They didn't even know it, but as the word went forth, you know what? My back doesn't hurt anymore. I didn't even realize it, just the pain left. See, faith is not a one-time event at a particular service that we had. It is what we live in. It is, it is the life that we live in. As we live in faith, healings happen for you. Blessings just occur. I, I pray daily, divine appointments just happen for me. I, I daily, I, I divide, I'm going to meet the right person. I'm going to shake the right hand and I'm going to walk in a divine appointment. I'm going to walk in a divine assignment. My steps are ordered by the Lord. Yo, what about that flat tire you had? Yeah, but it met, helped me meet a guy that was at the tire repair shop. See, you, you look for your steps to be ordered by the Lord. And this church we have a healing ministry. It is a ministry of seeing people healed. Seeing people healed. Faith comes, faith comes, and healings, deliverance. Well, we ought to have a deliverance service. We do every time we have a service. Deliverance takes place. I'm delivered from what I came in here with. You know, I love reading the Old Testament. Life lived under the old covenant. And, I, and I, I read about God speaking through a bush, God speaking through a donkey. And he did that because he didn't live on the inside of us. And when I read, take a lamb, go to the priest, present your lamb, and then tell him your situation. The priest will then take up your lamb and he will go in. So all of that excites me because I think, wow, God lives in me. God lives in me. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead now dwells in me and I can go boldly myself into the presence of God. I don't need a lamb, an animal. I don't need a robe. I don't need a sacrifice. I don't need a priest. I don't need someone with a collar that is signifying that he can do something 
for me with God that I can't do for myself. So I don't need that. Thank you, Jesus. I live a life of faith. I live a life of faith. And see, we understand that because we have read through the old covenant how life worked, and it was an example, what we call a type or a shadow of the new covenant. And I understand what Jesus did for me because I understand life under the old covenant. And man, I'm set free. See, Jesus' blood is between me and God. I don't have a priest between me and God. I don't have an animal, a lamb, a heifer, a dove. I am justified by Jesus. And I daily live a life of faith. See, that puts you in contact with God on your job site. That puts you in contact with God in the truck that you're driving down the road. See, that puts you in contact with God in the midst of a very difficult situation you're in right now. There's, boy, I mean, this is a bad deal that you got going on. And I can feel the presence of the Lord and he is assisting me as we walk through this together. For some reason, we just have a hard time grasping life in a fallen, sinful, imperfect world. In fact, that was a wrong call. In fact, that was bad that happened to you as a child. Well, Tim, let me tell you what happened to me when I was nine, when I was 12, when I was, that, I, I'm horrified by that. That was horrible. What That should have never happened to you. Well, why did she die in a car wreck? It was terrible. Why did they gossip about me? Tim, it was just lies. It was lies. They told lies about me. Why did she say that about me? That has nothing to do with God. Sin has nothing to do with God. And you need to know that. People walk in sin and we experience the consequences of our sin. Never blame God for sin. He was the guy that said, don't do that. He was the guy that said, don't do that. Don't do that. When we sin, then it's very foolish to blame God for the consequences of sin in our life. Well, Tim, we're just left here in a fallen world with sin all around us. That's why we live by faith. That's why we live by faith, because people will lie about you. People will gossip about you. You will be abused. You will be hurt. This isn't the first wrong call, and this isn't the last wrong call. That was It was wrong. The ref made a bad call where you're concerned. It was you were wronged. Do you live by that wrong, or you do you live by faith? That's what we've been talking about. The just shall live by faith. I don't live by the bitterness of the wrong calls that have happened to me. I don't live by the bitterness of what happened that should have never happened to me. That was wrong. I was wronged. I am misthought about. Those people that think that about me are thinking, I don't live by that. I live by faith. And it's just sad. And we've talked about this. Uh, Paul taught a whole, whole uh, lesson on go. what is your go-to. We, we go to alcohol. You, you go to a pill. What do you go to? What do you go to? All of you men 
in Teen Challenge program. I've just got you on my heart today. I've been praying for you. All of you men in New Orleans listening to us right now, you can live your life full of hate. You can live your whole life full of bitterness. You, you can live your whole life full of unforgiveness for what they did to you. Or you can live your life by faith. See, you can live your whole life being a victim of what was done to you, what was said about you, what your ex did to you, what that happened. See, you, you get a victim mentality and, and you blame somebody for where you are. And it may be their fault, but you don't have to stay there. You don't have to live there. You don't live your life blaming the boss, the job, the economy, this city, my dad. He was a deadbeat joker. I'm a, I don't live my life blaming. You can live your life by faith. You give God the wrong that was done to you. And make sure you understand, I'm not saying wrong wasn't done to you. We live with sinful people, and they did you wrong, and they should have never done you wrong. That's very wrong to do. You were done wrong. But see, you take that wrong, and you say, God, I'm going to give this to you. I stand on your word. You take what was meant to destroy me, and you turn that around and use that wrong for my good, and I'm going to be stronger, better, bigger. I'm going to have a deeper relationship with you because that happened to me. Now, I'm not happy it happened to me, but because of that, you have taken that and made that work out for my good. I saw, it saddened me, but I watched a story. It was a documentary of a, a famous all-pro years and years ago linebacker. And I did remember this guy playing football, and he was known for his, his violent hits and his number of sacks. And, and I, I watched this clip after clip, and, and it was just, when they said hike, he just run through and over and just run through linemen and just wipe out the quarterback. And of course, it, it, he was just famous for, for the way, it, and they said, how, tell us about you. And later in life, he just talked about the abuse that he suffered as a little kid from his father. And he grew up full of hate, full of rage. And football was the way he handled that. And, and when they said hike, it was his way of getting even with somebody. It was his way. And I thought, wow, what a life to live on the inside, so full of rage that you just wanted to wipe somebody out, that you just wanted to run through somebody. You know, we've been saved from all of that. We've been saved from all of that. I've been set free. And I don't live just looking to hit somebody. I, I don't live to let that out. I, I don't have to live like that. I don't live like, I don't have to live by expensive designer 
cars and clothes. I, I don't have to live my, my big way around people talking about how much money I got and how much there it is and how much, what I've done and what I've accomplished and what I, you know, I don't have to live like that. I don't have to live like that. I, I don't have to live with the little man syndrome, just biting and barking and pushing and shoving. I, you're set free. See, you're just, you're just at peace on the inside. When you allow Jesus to come into your life and then you start pursuing a life of faith, you just have peace. You just have peace. And, and I drive the kind of truck that I can afford and it'll serve my needs. It doesn't have to say anything about me. It, it doesn't have to make any statement about my worth, about who I am, about how famous or popular I am. I'm not making a statement. I'm just driving down the road. See, Jesus frees you in a way that none of life can without him. That's why he said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And you won't find it in anything else. You're not going to find it there. God, you see what he did to me. Now I submit my life to you. You take that and use that for my good. My faith is then we've talked about your substance and your evidence while that's happening for you in the natural. And I, I say it all the time. It's just so sad to me to see Christians living hurt. It's sad to me to see the one that Jesus has set free still living mad and bitter and angry. That, that's sad. This year has been about how Jesus has set us free. Now let's live by faith. Last week, I was checking out at the convenience store. And I walked up there, and the girl said, Oh, you forgot the beer. The 24-pack is on sale today. And it, you know, it, it caught me off guard. Why would she assume that I'd run? I mean, why do you want to assume that? You forgot the beer. Our 24-pack is on sale today. And, and I said, I didn't forget the beer. I don't ever drink any. And she looked at me with a bewilderment that I wasn't ready for. And, and she stopped, and I just stopped. I was going to, she said, I don't know anybody who doesn't drink any. I, I don't know anybody. Well, so both of us are bewildered and puzzled. And, and it was a very awkward moment for both of us in the convenience store. And, and I said, let me ask you, do, do you know of anybody anywhere that can say a can of beer has really helped my marriage? Can, do you know of anybody that can say a can of beer has helped my relationship with my family? A can of beer has really strengthened my relationship with my children. A can of beer has really helped me in my church attendance. A, a can of beer has just opened God's word up to me where I can understand his plan more clearly. 
You, you ought to see the life just draining out of her. And I said, can, can, do you know anybody that can say, a can of beer has really helped my relationship with the Lord? Well, you know, once I got on a roll, I was just on a roll. And so finally I reached a point, I just stared and smiled. And she was, it was very awkward. It was an awkward silence. I didn't know what else to say, and she didn't know what else to say. So I said, she never say anything. So I said, you know, I haven't either. So on purpose, I forgot the beer. Thank you. Have a good day. I turned and walked out. I hope she got it together before the next person walked in there. But, but someone who lives different than the world lives I don't, they, I, I don't know anybody like that. See, it's a different life for someone living by faith, living by faith and trusting God. Now, now, I, and I want to say this, and um, I, I appreciate Josh, you know, he, just the other day, he's so spiritual and so holy and he confessed his sins to all of us about getting mad. Put it, yeah, look here. I want to make sure that we always say, I, yes, I get mad. Okay? I get mad, but this is the way I handle my anger. I don't want you to think that I'm living somewhere on a cloud that's not real. For I get mad. I have to stop. I've got to take my thoughts captive. I've got to ask the Lord to forgive me for what I just thought, for what I just said. But, but the difference in the Christian is not that we never have a bad thought. The difference in the Christian is we are learning how to take those thoughts captive and not let them control the rest of our day. They don't dominate my thinking. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us we are to take every thought captive. Uh, some translations, and I like to say, we capture rebellious or wrong thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. And that's literally what I do. I've got a cat, this is a wrong thought. I have to capture that thought and I'm going to teach that thought to obey Christ. See, the obedience to Christ doesn't come out of the natural carnal man. Out of the natural carnal man comes a sinful thought. Now I have to capture that and then I gotta teach myself to obey Christ. Right now, I want to act like this, but now I'm not going to kick the guy's door in. Here's what, see, I'm going to stop that thought. Are you getting this? It's the way we live. We don't live perfect where we never have a bad thought. This is how we handle life. See, a life of faith, that's how we handle our life. I said it last week and I'm going to say it again. If you said, Tim, what is the number one sentence that you've heard all year. The number one sentence that you've heard all year. It was several weeks ago when Paul was up here preaching and he said, don't believe everything you think. I have not gotten that out of my mind since he said that. And if you ask me, what is my number one sentence for this entire year? Paul Kern told me, don't believe everything I think. If we could master that, it'd be life-changing for us. You're believing what you think and what you're thinking ain't the truth. 
It's just not the truth. All day long, you're going to have wrong thoughts. Don't believe them. Capture that thought. Don't believe your, don't believe everything you think. I tell you right now, my wife, all she thinks is, whoa, that's not all she thinks. That's a lie. That, that thought you're having, if you believe that, you're going to believe a lie because that's not the truth. My boss, he thinks, and I'm not, tell you what, okay, don't believe that thought because that thought's not true. That's not the way your boss is. That's not the way he thinks. That's not what he said. You got all of that wrong. Don't believe everything you think. You better watch what you think and don't just buy into it. Ever since Paul has said that, I was unaware of how many lies I thought. I just think a lot of things that aren't true about people, about things, about situations. My first thought, I go, okay, okay, hold on. That's not true. Your wife does love you. Okay, hold on. That's not true. Your boss does want you working here. If he didn't, he would have never hired you. Duh. My boss, hold on. Your boss wanted you here. That's why he hired you to be here. That thought is a lie. Don't believe everything that you think. Because when you believe a lie and you keep dwelling on that, you dig a hole deeper and deeper and deeper until you're going to quit your job, you're going to quit your marriage, you're going to quit your church. Those people at that church, they were, and those people, well, well, that's all a lie. But you're believing something that's not true about the church, and it'll have you quitting the church. See, if you believe everything you think, it's going to have you quitting and leaving and walking away mad. Wrong thoughts lead to wrong actions. That's why we have to take our thoughts captive. As a Christian, we're set free. In September, first week in September of this year, I bought a 1985 cattle trailer. That's old. That, that's an old, old cattle trailer. And I bought it because it was old and rough. And I needed something just old and rough to haul some cattle around on the ranch mainly for a 16-year-old grandson to drive so he wouldn't tear up my nice trailer. Here, pull this thing. Now, this trailer didn't have a title to it. And I've been three and a half months working with the Department of Revenue, your government. If, if anybody ever try to work with them anyway, you're going to have to live by faith. So, boy, I wanted a title. So I just said, I'm going to apply to get a lost title. I want a title to this thing. It has taken work. It has, I, I, you can't believe the hoops in what all I've had to do. Well, why was that important to me? Why was it important to me that I have that title? And I finally got it here just this last week. Tim, all that is is words on a page. You don't have to have that. See, we have a law that upholds those words on that page. And it's not the words on the page, it's what's behind those words on that page. And that's what I wanted in my possession because whatever happens, I can take those words on that page and because of what's behind it, I can prove ownership to that trailer. 
Tim, all the Bible is, is words on a page. Romans chapter 3 teaches us about the law of faith. There is power behind those words on that page. And that word on that page proves ownership because of who is behind the words on that page. And I read Deuteronomy 28. I read verse 3 through verse 14. They're not just words on a page. They are a title to me. I am blessed coming in. I'm blessed going out. Whatever I put my hand to prospers. I am the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above. I'm not beneath. And those aren't words on a page. Because of the law of faith, I have ownership to that. And when something or somebody comes to steal that joy, steal that peace, steal my prosperity, to steal my day, 1 Timothy 6.20 says, I fight the good fight of faith. I have the words on the page that tell me peace belongs to me, joy belongs to me, and that's what I'm going to walk in today. Uh, you're not going, you sitting here yelling and cussing at me, you're not stealing my joy. You ain't getting it. See, I've got peace today. I'm going to have a great day. I got bad news for you. You ain't getting to me. You're not getting under my skin. You're not getting me. You're not working me up because I'm not going to sit here and allow you to take my peace right out. I'm not going to sit here and allow this job site and what didn't happen and what should have happened. I'm not. Now, we're going to have to reorder. We're going to have to rethink this through. I may have to fire you and get somebody else to come in here and do this. I'm not sure what we need to do to make this right, but here's what I can tell you. I'm happy and I'm living in peace and joy. This, I'm gonna have a fun day. I'm gonna go home and my wife is gonna have a fun husband that walks in the back door, cutting up, having fun, making jokes. She's not gonna have a husband that comes in mad, puffed up, sold up, screaming, yelling, threatening, throwing things, depressed, down in the dumps. Why? Because I let somebody steal what belongs to me. It's not going to happen. I'm going to live by faith. Terry and I have an electric blanket. Boy, last night I thought, man, I'm glad these sheets are warm. You stick your feet down those cold sheets. You got to be tough. I used to could do that. I can't do it. She, she walks over to her side of the bed. I walk over to my side of the bed, and we click our little blanket on. Now, it's not immediate. But, you know, when I click that thing on, I just go on doing what I do. I got to go and start brushing my teeth, and then I got to take a shower, and I got to put my cologne on, and then you start in on all that medicine. You got to take this medicine. You got to take this medicine. You got to take these vitamins. You got to take this shot. It, it, I can remember being 17 at a friend's house, I didn't take my boots off. I just laid down on the floor and went to sleep. It took me no time to go to bed. I'm more smooth out with all that I got to do to get in bed and the line of pills and the line of shots. And then we get in bed, so we start reminding, did you take this? Oh, my, I forgot. So I, go, I got to get this. So it's a job going to bed. You young people don't know nothing about it. You got fun coming ahead of you. You just lay down and go to sleep. You still got your boots and your shirt on. I asked my grandson, I said, didn't you take your clothes off? No, I'm going to need them on in the morning. I'll just sleep in them. He ready to go the next day. When I woke him up, just slept in his boots. So it, it takes me a long time to get ready to go to bed. But in all of that that I'm doing, 
I don't really have any worry about cold sheets. It's not instant. It doesn't happen instantly. But see, I got faith. I got faith in that blanket. Actually, I got faith in what that blanket is hooked to. It's this power source. And there's wires that come from that power source into my house. And, and I see, I just, I, I click on the word of God. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. I'm above, not beneath. Peace is mine, joy is mine. I click that on. Now, I can just go on about my day. I can just go and brush my teeth, do whatever all I gotta do. I can just go right on. See, because prayer is a power line that connects me to a power source. A life of obedience is what causes that power line to connect and what I am praying for, what I'm believing for, I've got the title for that and you don't have to worry, it's on its way. You don't have to worry, a blessed life, the blessings of Abraham, a good life is on its way. I go about my day knowing that the blessings of life are on their way to me because I'm living my life by faith. Y'all stand. Lord, tonight we're just, we're, we're, we're overwhelmed by your provisions for us. That, that we are not left to try to struggle through life in a fallen, sin-filled, imperfect world. That in the midst of sin, in the midst of imperfect people, in the midst of all the things that imperfect people say and do to us, that you've made a provision for me to live blessed, happy, prosperous, healthy, and in peace. Lord, today, I stand on the title, your word, your word. I stand on that while I wait on that to be manifest in my life. Lord, I live by faith and my trust is in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Christian Ministries Church. If this message impacted you and you'd like to sow into our ministry, you can give at cmchurch.com. If you'd like to listen to more of our messages, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search for Christian Ministries. God bless.